This morning, as we consider life together as church, I'd like for you to see our new summer calendars are out. Uh, this is really the ticket to all of the summer, and we hope that you will pick one up. Um, I'll have some in my hands after worship. But it goes through June, July, and August, and we have these um, every three months. We'll put out a new one. And it has wonderful events for children, youth, for all of us together, special concerts, special worship services, really anything that you'd need to know. And on the back, it has descriptions and brief and at least contact information for those. They're a wonderful resource. I have one on my fridge in my office everywhere. It helps me remember what I'm supposed to do each day. Um, but if you would, please um, put, take them home with you, put them in a, in a good place, or um, it's also a great opportunity to um, send outreach to somebody to let them know of things that are happening in our church. So Saturday is Impact Day, and as Keith mentioned in his sermon, um, we are beginning to go out into the community. We've been doing this together, I believe, for eight years. It started as an, um, an annual conference-wide day where the hope was that every United Methodist Church in our entire conference would go out on the same day wearing red shirts, the flames of Pentecost, to be the church, to be bold, and to do wonderful things and to meet people and to get out of our walls and be the church outside of the church walls. And so we hope that you will take advantage of this opportunity um, we find that it's, it's the easiest way possible to explore the community if you're tentative um, because we have uh, the breakfast available at 8. You come and enjoy. That's free. If you know of anybody that would enjoy a free breakfast, you can bring them to that. And then we split off into various groups. And in your bulletin, there is a listing here of places that still need lots of volunteers. Um, Folk Moot, Pathways, Care, Open Door, and Pigeon Street. And it's, it's a great opportunity if you are looking for a way to plug into the community and to do that with a group of people that um, are from our church, then go for it. This is a great way to, to figure it out. And also to learn about those ministries that you might have heard about, um, that you might have heard others talk about volunteering but have never been and never explored. And it's a way to get, get your feet wet and consider ways that you might start volunteering on a more regular basis, or just really start to learn more about what that ministry does in our community. So please sign up. There are um, online signups available at laptops as you exit today. You can um, sign up online as well, um, and or you can call the church office if you're not sure how to navigate any of that, and we will make sure you find a place um, to be in service on Saturday. So join us. It's just the morning. We'll have breakfast and go out to various groups and serve um, until the projects are done. You Usually before noon. Um, so we hope that you will join us for that day. And the next day, pick picking starts at four. And if weather is okay, we will have it rain or shine. We have done it many years in the gym and in the various rooms next to it. Um, so rain or shine, come because um, we'll still have barbecue for days if you don't. Um, so please come and enjoy the free food. Again, if you know of someone that might enjoy a nice meal or a nice barbecue meal, um, then invite them to come. There will be a great bluegrass band playing. 
Um, and there will also be inflatables for people to jump on and slides to go down. Um, we'll have a photo booth to take fun pictures, and we'll have DJ in between. So come with dancing shoes and to enjoy the time together. It's a church family event, but it's also a great opportunity to invite people um, who just want to have a great afternoon, and, and it's a free event for them. So please come. Now also, in, our, um, in your bulletin is a registration for Bible Times, which is coming up June 7th as the first night of that. And we are still very much in need of people to volunteer, um, in addition to children who would like to sign up. So we'd love to use you. You can volunteer every single day, or you can volunteer for one night or two nights, whatever your schedule allows. Um, but you can see on the front page all of the places we need help. Um, so please come. We usually have around 100 kids, um, and so we hope that you will uh, join us for that. It's really a spectacular event um, to be together and a ministry to be a part of. Our New Testament lesson is from Acts chapter 5, beginning with verse 12. Now many signs and wonders were done among the people through the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared to join them, but the people held them in high esteem. Yet more than ever believers were added to the Lord, great numbers of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats in order that Peter's shadow might fall upon some of them as he, gathered by, as he came by. A great number of people would also gather from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all cured. Then the high priest took action, he and all who were with him, that is the sect of the Sadducees, being filled with jealousy arrested the apostles and put them in public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go, stand in the temple and tell the people the whole message about this life. When they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and went on with their teaching. When the high priest and those with him arrived, they called together the council and the whole body of the elders of Israel, and sent them, sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the temple police went there, they didn't find them in the prison. So they returned and reported, We found the prison securely locked, and the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were perplexed about them, wondering, what might be going on? Then arrived, then someone arrived and announced, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. The captain went with the people, the temple police, and brought them, but without violence, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. When they had brought them, they had them stand before the council. The high priest questioned them, saying, We gave you strict orders not to teach in his name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you are determined to bring this man's blood on us. 
But Peter said, Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than any human authority. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I woke up one morning last week and I was just singing John Lennon's song, Imagine. And I've been singing it ever since. <laughs> you know how that happens. Normally, when something like this happens, I'll, I'll do kind of like the pirate snarl and say, I can't get this song out of my head. You know, have you ever had that experience? Um, but not this time. Not with this song. I welcomed it every time it entered my consciousness and I started singing it. Uh, even to the point that just yesterday I heard my son Ross singing the song. I, I realized that it's an after Easter song. So I kept singing it. Because I think it's a song that the church needs to hear. Uh, John Lennon says, imagine all the people living for today. Imagine all the people living life in peace. You may say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. Do you remember Jesus' first words after the resurrection on Easter? Jesus appears to them. John says, when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Those were his first words. And then just a couple of verses later, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Now, you can say that Jesus was a dreamer. I think it's safe to say that. And I actually think that John Lennon's John Lennon's song, Imagine, uh, is about Jesus' dream. Even though in the song he throws a little shade at the church. Uh, he says, imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Meaning that we're not sitting behind locked doors or sitting in our pews, uh, just anxious about getting into heaven or about avoiding hell. Uh, not living for, for some uh, future utopia, but, but living for today. And he says, imagine there's no countries. It's, it isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for, and no religion too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. So now when Jesus says, peace be with you, and then he immediately follows that up with, uh, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Uh, the way I see it, any sense of peace and tranquility just flew out the window. Because we know how Jesus was sent. And because we know what happened to him. Um, so sometimes I think I'd rather just stay behind the locked doors. You know they were feeling that way. But what happened after Easter was a bold display of faith and of power. The disciples dared to unlock the door. 
and they were all in. So when you read, and I would encourage you to just, to just read chapters 3 and 4, these stories preceding our text for today. Uh, Peter and John are on their way to the temple to pray because they were a praying group. And, uh, you know, there, there are always people around begging and asking for alms, and they, they, they came upon this lame beggar. He had been lame from birth, and um, he, he's waiting for, for Peter and John to give them alms, and um, Peter says, look at me. And so he looks intently, expecting Jesus to, to give him some money, and Peter's like, I don't have any silver, I don't have any gold, but what I do have, I'll give you. And then he grabs him by the arm and basically says a prayer while he's grabbing him by the arm, and he yanked him up and says, in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. It's like, that's crazy. Like, who does that? But he did that. And immediately, his feet and his ankles were healed. And as you can imagine, it, it creates this stir. You know, kind of like for us, we like just right outside the sanctuary, right outside of church. This miraculous thing is happening. And as we begin to read the story, we begin to see it also starts causing a little trouble. But as Becky read for us in, in the beginning of our text, uh, pretty amazing things, many signs and wonders. They were all together, we see that again, at Solomon's porch. And people were just hoping to, to, to get caught in the shadow of these miraculous things that were happening. But then they were arrested. That's, that's where the, the trouble begins. The religious leaders were annoyed and they arrested the disciples. And basically they say, you need to stop talking about Jesus. You just need to stop doing this. And they, they chastised them pretty good and threatened them. And, and then they, they released them. And, and it says, um, they, they called them, ordered them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in God's sight to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot keep from speaking about what we have seen and heard. And so they threatened them. And they go back. And you continue reading. Now they're back with the group. There's this rhythm in this story of, of worship and witness, of prayer and togetherness and then engaging the community. And so they're back with the church, with the disciples, and they're praying. And to me, um, their prayer is fascinating. The disciples dared to pray bold prayers. And so they said, this is their prayer. And now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They, they prayed for boldness. I'd be praying for divine protection. And they prayed the impossible, daring prayers, like, like Peter's prayer with this guy begging for alms. And it makes me ask myself the question, do I believe that God will do amazing things through my prayers and through my commitment to, to engage? Fred Craddock, who wrote a commentary um, on, on the story of Jesus says, as Luke sees it, good news which is powerless to change some of the world's misery is hardly good news. So in our text, the church keeps engaging the community. They keep going out there. They, they keep teaching about Jesus. And they get arrested again. And that's the story that we just heard. So they're behind bars again. 
And an angel of the Lord shows up in the middle of the night and uh, the prison doors are opened and then, then the angel gives them this command, go stand in the temple and tell the people the whole message about this life. And so they do. They go back to the temple, it's early in the morning, and they start telling the people the whole message about this life. And as I thought about that, I would be like, are you kidding me? Like, we've just been arrested again, and we've just broken out of jail, and you want us to go back to the place where they will, where they will surely see us. And you got to remember that this is the same scenario that got Jesus crucified. They're dealing with the same people. And the angel, I realize, is just repeating what Jesus had told them before. Go to Samaria, Jerusalem, Judea, to the ends of the earth, and be witnesses to the message about this life, about this, this kingdom stuff that you have experienced. I think I said this last week. If I didn't say it last week, uh, I meant to, that the miracle of, of Pentecost was the power to speak. Jesus says, if you'll wait, the Spirit's coming and, and you'll receive power. It was uh, the, the power to, to tell all the world, all the people of all the nations about God, about God's good news. Kevin Harney wrote a book called Seismic Shifts, and he tells this evangelism story, I think. He said, uh, every day at, at exactly the same hour, Margaret would, would go to her a medicine cabinet in her bathroom and she would take out a, a huge bottle of castor oil and then she would promptly go to the kitchen and she would open the drawer and, and take out a spoon and at the sound of the drawer at the sound of the, the silverware rattling patches her Yorkshire Terrier would run and hide sometimes would hide under the bed sometimes would, would hide uh, in the bathtub um, Someone had convinced Margaret that Patches would have strong teeth, a beautiful coat, and a long, fulfilling life if he had a spoonful of castor oil every day. So as an act of love, um, Margaret would corner Patches, pin him down, pry open his mouth, and pour in a spoonful of castor oil. Neither Margaret nor Patches enjoyed this daily wrestling match. Well, one day, in the middle of their battle, with one sideways kick, Patches knocks this big bottle of castor oil across the kitchen floor, and it spills everywhere. So, a momentary victory for the dog, because Margaret lets him go and gets up and goes to the bathroom to get a towel to, to clean up the mess and upon her return she was utterly shocked because there was Patches just eagerly licking up all of the spilled castor oil with this look of satisfaction that only a, a dog can make and so Margaret begins to laugh uncontrollably because in one moment it made sense uh, Patches likes castor oil he just hated being pinned down and having it poured down his throat I don't know how often we do that, but it happens. 
But I, w- I do think it's helpful for us to imagine as we think about the, the fact that God wants us to go maybe in the same daring ways that the disciples had to go, that we would imagine uh, sharing good news with the skeptic. Hey, I've got good news for you. Yeah? What good news have you got for me? Makes me feel a little uncomfortable. (laughs) What do we say to something like that? How do we respond to someone with questions and doubts? Well, I think there's lots we can say. I can talk about you in this amazing space, this sanctuary, the worship that happens. I, I can say something like, God meets me in this place. And I don't know that I fully understand it, but when I'm in this place with other people who are seeking all that God has for us, I... I have this quiet in my soul, and there's a sense of rest, and I have a sense of purpose. I know that I'm better because of it. And then I can talk about my Sunday school class. Lots of you can do that, and you do. I can talk about my small group, and I can say to anybody who wants to know, there's nothing like having friends like this, about having this assurance that I am not alone. I never will be. I, I can talk about so many things that we do. Like we have a kitchen, and it gets used, and people are fed. You don't have to go hungry. That's good news for somebody who's hungry. We've got food for you. If, if there's anything like me, I want my life to matter, and so I can say, There's good news because there's a purpose. I can make a difference. Uh, Becky and I, on Tuesday, we were at a a district clergy meeting. And uh, Dr. Phil Maynard um, has been coming for about a year and a half and and sharing some lectures and pouring his life into ours. And um, on Tuesday, he, he, I think, mainly talked about the church having the courage to engage the community. You know, and so he tells this story that that I loved. It was about a a new church plant in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and it's called uh, Healing Place Church. I kind of like that name. And the story goes like early on in in the life of this this church, their sound system broke down, and I can't remember if they needed if they were going to buy a new one or if they were just going to fix the one that they had. But either way, they needed some money, and and so they had a yard sale. Uh, so that they could uh, pay for the sound system. Well, as the yard sale gets underway, a man comes and, and writes him a check. While people are uh, bickering over nickels and dimes, over or this thing and that thing, a man just writes a check to, to cover the expense of the sound system. And so the pastor goes out and, and to the yard and looks at everybody wheeling and dealing, and he was like, we don't need to do this. And so he just shouts so that everybody can hear it. It's like, okay, uh, everything's free. You get a bag from that table over there, and, and whatever you can stuff in that bag is yours. It's, it's free. And so that was like a win-win. Of course, everybody was happy, and then the church didn't have to worry about cleaning up the stuff that was left over. 
So a month or so later, the manager from Walmart calls. And he said, hey, we heard that you guys like to give stuff away. He said, we've got an extra pallet of rat poison that we're just going to have to get rid of. So do you want it? And they were like, sure, we'll take it. And so they took this pallet of rat poison in their pickup trucks and they just went out into their community and they gave away free rat poison. And the community took it. And so the guy from Walmart called again sometime later. He said, hey, um, we've got an extra pallet of leopard print negligees. (laughs) This is a true story. You guys want it? And the church said, sure, we'll take it. So they put these leopard print negligees in their trucks and they go out through the community and they give them away. And Dr. Maynard shared the story and he said, and everybody seemed to want them. (laughs) The church is now 6,000 people. Probably not because of the negligees, but (laughs) because they had the courage to, to be out there with people. I just thought it's kind of like, you know, just get out there with something. That's proof that it doesn't really matter. It's just to get out there. Engage the community. Get to know the people. Learn their names. So like instead of me just swiping my card at the gas pump, I go inside and just pay for it. Pay a person instead of a machine. Or if I'm at the grocery store, I, you know, I'm always in a hurry. I got stuff to do. So it's just easy for me to to check out through that self-check machine. Because there's all a bunch of people in line at the other ones. You know, I'm trying to get past them really quick. <laughs> you know, who are the people that we see that we never see? And I think part of this story is we've got to start seeing them. When I was in school, we went to the Cincinnati Vineyard to learn some things about this church that was just growing by leaps and bounds in the Cincinnati area. And their pastor, Steve Shogren, um, lectured to us and, and told us uh, about serving evangelism. That was kind of one of their main things, among many things, but um, their desire to just serve people. And they would find all these creative ways. Sometimes they seemed really silly ways to just go into Cincinnati. Like they were going to love their city into a relationship with Jesus just by serving them. So they would do things like, you know, go feed meters and leave a little card on the windshield until one of their members got arrested because they learned that was against the law to do that. Um, But they would have backpacks of of hot coffee and be at football games and and such, just on cold nights and giving away free hot coffee or hot chocolate or in the summer in the middle of uh, rush hour on a hot day, they'd be at an intersection with coolers full of, ice cold Coca-Cola's and they just uh, give them away for free and maybe with a little, a little card uh, just saying we just want you to know uh, that God loves you today. So one of the things about this, this seminar or conference that we attended was they wanted us to experience it as, as the group that was there. So we had all these opportunities to, uh, to go and serve Cincinnati. And I signed up for the bathroom cleaning team. So I was given this little plastic tub with all of the bathroom cleaning supplies, the brush and the Ajax and the Windex and paper towels. And we got in a van and we went to the Cincinnati Mall. I forget what the name of the mall was, but it was a mall in Cincinnati. And our instructions were just to go into the mall and clean bathrooms. Not the big ones um, where everybody goes, 
but the little ones that are in every store. I didn't know that every store in the mall has its own little private bathroom for the employees. And so I went into the, to the first store with my little toilet cleaning kit, and I went to the person who worked there and I said, I, I would like to clean your bathroom. Well, you can imagine the look that I got, and you feel really stupid. You just feel really awkward. It's like this is a total stranger. And, and there were every single time, no, 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 we get our cleaning supplies from so-and-so. We don't need what you're selling. I'm like, no, I'm not selling anything. I really just want to clean your toilet. And every single time, they were just like, okay, weirdo. They didn't say weirdo, but you could read that in their eyes. And so then I went in, as I was instructed, to the little bathroom and cleaned that bathroom like it had never been cleaned before. And I just left this little card on the counter. And then as I'm leaving, I also had these free yogurt coupons that others were giving out just in the mall uh, for a famous yogurt store that's there in Cincinnati. You know, just have a great day. It was really kind of cool. One of their slogans that they like to say is a Mother Teresa quote, which just says, small things done with great love will change the world. You know, uh, Saturday is our impact day. I hope all of you are signed up to be a part of that. It's our annual day where we spend the whole day serving our community. And we'll go to nursing homes and we'll go to ministry places. And one of the things that I'm excited about for Saturday is that there are going to be lots of people that we encounter because we're actually going to be out there. And it's a really special day. I've been hearing about impact day since I arrived here last July. And now it's finally here, and I get to be a part of it. You know, our impact day is just a starting point. It's just one special day. I think it would be wrong for us to think this is the one day that we do this. Impact day should be every day. Because we encounter people every day. And the message of Jesus to his disciples, his last one, was to be good news to people, witness to people. In every place you go, even to the ends of the earth. I really think that John Lennon sings Jesus' dream. He says, imagine no possessions. I wonder if you can. No need for greed or hunger, a brotherhood of man. Imagine all the people sharing all the world. You may say I'm a dreamer. But I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. Let us pray. God, help us unlock our doors, pray bold prayers, and obey when your spirit says go. Amen.